Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the oh dearie me, Austin Schweiner. He's obviously been watching. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Bill, no, it wasn't Bill and Ted's. It was um, oh the other one, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Well, he went where they went. Where they, anyway, <laughs> My um, timing was, was like <laughs> <laughs> it was on point. On point. There we go. Uh, so, welcome to Lockdown Biz, folks, just to help you help you entertain and keep you keep, try and keep you sane uh, during the uh, lockdown that's happening. Obviously, uh, I'm not actually in. Auckland, I'm in Waihee, but I'm here to support those of you guys in Auckland who are going, doing it tough. And uh, thank you for doing it and behaving yourselves, folks. Numbers slightly up today, but uh, still uh, 23 when you compare that to the hundreds and thousands we see in other countries is a good job. So thanks, folks, and uh, keep up the good work and uh, keep following the old rules. Um, we've got 50 seconds until I can open up my can of beer, which is a I've got another tui, nearly out of my tuis. So, um, yeah, rec um, if you want to throw in the live chat there, what beer should I get next? Um, we are looking for boxes of 12 at around about the $20 mark. So cheap beers, folks, um, <laughs> on that one. Uh, yes, but money is tight. Uh, so, yeah, some of the things we'll have to chat about. Obviously, the Pumas have announced their lineup for Sunday, tomorrow. Uh, we've got some news about sevens in the USA. Some more news on White Luck and uh, Mawanga. Reese has also come out and had a bit of chat. So we'll talk about that one. Um, the World 12 is a bit more news on that one. And we also got some sad, sad news. Uh, about the passing of Michael Pullman, which we'll talk about as well. So 10 seconds until you can open those beers, folks, because, look, you can't be drinking before 5, otherwise it'll all kick off at 9 o'clock in the morning, and boy, oh, boy, things would get messy then in lockdown, wouldn't they? And uh, there we go, 5 o'clock. Oops, dear me, splashed all over the place there, a bit too eager. Opening that one. How are you doing, Austin? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's just like, um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's it's always midday somewhere in the world, so it's never too early. Well, that's true. If you're going to pour it on your weed picks, go ahead. I'm not going to judge you. And hey, if you pour it like me, it's on the creamy top, then you can you can probably do it on your weed picks. It's scoop of ice cream in there. <laughs> <laughs> I like a flake personally. There we go. And um, and uh, one of the things that uh, I educated my girls on yesterday was my, my, they had a chat with my mum and she mentioned um, uh, a finger of fudge. Did, did you have Cadbury's fingers of fudge here in, in New Zealand? I think we did. and uh, But the song used to go, 
a finger of fudge is just enough to give your kids a treat. It's full of Cadbury's goodness and really nice to eat. Oh, I just I mean, anyway. So yeah, but I, I talk, talk more about that um, on that one. Um, afternoon, Stephen. How are you doing with lockdown? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Very good. Very chilled out day. Yep, and we've seen. I'm sure, not sure Stephen's even made out of his bed. If we can see, he's in his bedroom there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, dear me. Anyway, sorry, but we're going to start off with um, some sad news about the uh, passing of um, Mike Foreman, um, somebody that was uh, uh, that came on the shows on this channel uh, in the early days uh, and uh, then uh, got more successful and uh, had, had less time, basically. He got too busy writing. Uh, I think probably some of you might have read his stuff in, I think it was on Stuff or Herald, one of those two, um, plus also Rugby Pass, etc. Someone I used to have coffee with uh, in Hamilton and also bump into at the... Uh, in the media rooms uh, at uh, the Waikato Rugby. So really sad news that he has passed away, uh, a man who was um, passionate about his rugby and uh, his provincial rugby uh, and uh, and getting it all out there. So um, thoughts with Jessica, his partner uh, and his family. And um, yeah, uh, we'll definitely miss him at uh, the uh, Waikato games and uh, where I'll be on Friday. Um, I'm sure we'll be uh, having a few words and remembering him uh, at the game when uh, the when the, the uh, Bunnings NPC uh, kicks off again. Um, uh, thanks for all the kind words that we've had on my posts about that in both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it shows that he was, yeah, a, uh, not not someone that everyone knew necessarily, but uh, so, um, but uh, someone that they sort of respected his kind of comments, uh, even if he didn't always agree with his comments um, on um, on the old socials. Um, the uh, so tomorrow, folks. Uh, we have the uh, um, uh, what do you call it? One blank now. The rugby championship. Rugby? Yeah, rugby at seven o'clock. And as last week says, he, he's, he, he's, it's taking forever to get there. Um, and uh, probably even more so for you guys who are in um, in lockdown than it does than, than it is is for me. Um, you, just sorry, it's on my other screen. I'm amazed at how many adverts of book about you going on because we're in lockdown. It just seems oh, nuts. Um, the uh, Argentina, uh, so the Pumas have uh, have announced um, their squad. Um, Nicholas uh, obviously got uh, Sanchez there um, at uh, ten running things. Julian Montoya now is the um, what do you call it? I've gone blank. Is captain and hooker taking over from Creevy um, and uh, etc. Um, Aaron is asking why the why uh, is it on Sundays? Um, it's not on Sundays. Only only this round is on Sunday. The next three weight rounds are on Saturday. Um, and I think it's about coming out of MIQ for um, the um, Springboks and Pumas as to the amount of time they've had out of there for training. Uh, and obviously the game last weekend was on a Sunday in Perth and they've had to fly over as well. So um, I also don't know about stadium availability. But so, yeah, I think uh, it's not regularly on Sunday. It's just the first round um, that is. Um, a couple of new props in there as well, but a lot of names there that we recognise. Um Delgi, De La Fuente, um, Cordero in the backs. Um, you've got um, uh, Petty, Medrano, um, Montoya, um, Kramer, uh, in all all in the um, uh, in the uh, in, in the forwards. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the squad, boys? Oh, I, I'm actually, when I went and had a look at it, I was actually quite surprised. I, it, it looks, you know, the names that you see there uh, for the Argentinian side, it's actually, you know, you, you recognise them. They're, they've been around for a while. So, um, 
I, so, I mean, like after like yesterday's conversation, it's not a walk in the park for the All Blacks, but, you know, I, I think um, what we saw happen after last year's loss, you expect to see that continue um, as that loss would have still been motivation this year as well. But looks like a pretty strong Argentinian side on paper. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you've got players like um, uh, Lavanini uh, on the bench and, and Buffelli on, on, on the bench, uh, there's, there's also some depth there as well. Um, so yeah, decent side from 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 Argentina. Uh, the um, I think they've had probably the hardest build up to uh, the Tri Championship. I played games in uh, Georgia, I think it was, um, and then Wales, and then over here. So then then in South Africa, and now in Australia. So they they've had an even tougher one than I think uh, the other sides. So um, let's uh, yeah, good luck to them, uh, and uh, look, hope they're competitive. Because uh, they haven't been so competitive in their first two games against the Springboks, unfortunately. Uh, those, uh, so not yeah, they perhaps are disappointed a little bit in those games. Again, uh, it's I just think. sort of like something we talked about yesterday. It wasn't very hard to gauge where these teams are at at the moment, and tomorrow's the start of actually starting to get a better gauge on where the teams are at and who's strong and who's not, or who's yeah, where yeah, basically at the end of the day, where the teams are at. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Stephen, any thoughts? Oh, not really. Not a, not a lot to add, add there. It's just a little bit of an unex, unex, unexpected with the Argentinians, but surely they've got to improve after those two performances uh, against the South Africans when they were pretty much just really at the end of the day shot out, uh, just basically shut down, should I say, but really didn't play a lot of rugby in those tests either and ultimately paid the price. Yep. Um. The uh, White Lock and Mwanga. So, I mean, we had we, we all thought that White Lock was flying out today to um, uh, to Queensland, uh, but it appears that they couldn't get an MIQ slot for him, and therefore um, he is uh, a, they, they can only get it for Tuesday, uh, which would mean he would come out with about three days to spare before the um, the second Test match against uh, the Springboks, and that wasn't enough for someone in the forwards to uh, basically get prepared and up to speed. For that game, Richard Mwanga, though they've decided as he's a back, and as you guys said um, yesterday when I was talking about um, uh, Bowden Barrett not being able to play every game back to back, that it's not uh, the, the the ten jersey isn't as as uh, contact heavy, um, and therefore, um, uh, what do you got? I've got blank now, um, and and therefore Richard Mwanga can come out of the, can come out of the uh, quarantine in that short period and play in that game. Still seems like a bit of a turnaround, a bit of a rush, really, to get some Moanga out there. But um, happy that uh, Richie's uh, on his way, Alfred? Oh, look, at the end of the day, I mean, it's always good to see them um, out there. And uh, if they've got the opportunity to put out a stronger team, or more competition within the squad, it's all good. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, the thing with the White Lock was, was a bizarre decision, to tell you the truth, in the first place. Even if they had got the MIQ slot that they wanted, he would have had bug less than a week. I think it was still only about four or five days of um, out of quarantine to go out and play a test match against the Springboks. Crazy. That's just asking for injuries to happen, basically, that sort of uh, setup. The um, Yeah, I'm not sure if he's uh, going to be... Uh, do, 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 do we expect to see him running around for Canterbury to get some um, uh, to get some game time in soon? Oh, absolutely far out if he's, if he's part of that Canterbury squad. Yeah, you'd be you'd be all over him, and I'm sure he'd still want to uh, get some rugby in. Given that they've got an, you know after this rugby championship, they've got a end of season tour. I suppose the only real concerning thing 
for for Foster and uh, his and his and his group is um, they really wouldn't want another in, another injury to a lock at the moment. Already, already with Tuipulotu having having not played, boy, that that will kind of leave them with just what two foot locks, if mm. if, I, if I'm correct, and and Barrett and um and Barrett and and oh sorry, no, that gives them three Barrett three Metallic, three two two beg your pardon, but um yeah, another injury, yeah, you kind of might be looking side sideways, especially with the workload that you're going to have over the next four weeks. Hey, Stephen, what do you, what do you reckon? The other thing was that I reckon with Tui Piloto, it's actually, he's not someone that comes in and usually off the bet, you know, after an injury layout and goes bang and straight into it. You know, he does find that it takes him a couple of games to sort of wind up into it. I mean, yeah. I'm talking, maybe it's a super rugby level thing. Maybe it won't happen at test match level, but it's something that I've noticed that he is someone that takes him a couple of games to wind into it. Yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of attrition for not just the All Blacks, but all, all, um, all four of these teams involved over the next uh, next few weeks or so. Um, with Tui Piloto, I believe he has to start next next week. You know, if he's good and ready, I think you've got to get him out there and you've got to basically be getting him playing rugby. On on saying all that, I do like the combination of of Scott Barrett and Brody Retallick. They're both basically physical. I actually think. Um, Scott Barrett is just a little bit more physical than what um, than what Sam Whitelock, even though they're, they're, yeah, they're going to lose a little bit of experience there. I think he's very physical. Something that just did cross my mind. I wonder if Jordy Parrott's ever played in, played at lock. <laughs> <laughs> he's as tall as Scott, isn't he? He's as tall as Scott. <laughs> mm. Oh, dearie me. So... Um... Yeah, be, yeah, well, and and pretty a bit lighter, so be good, good for lifting the line out, but maybe not enough grunts at the uh, scrum time. Yeah, just don't get those legs up in the air when you're going up <laughs> in the air. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! So yeah, so it'll be um, well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, that one. It'll be your quarry. Yeah. Pa- Patrick Tuipulotu is a, is a concern for me. Um, that one. Um, AK says uh, should have taken Tom Robinson. Um, covers uh, blindside and, ro- and lock. Unfortunately, he's um, injured and uh, had uh, uh, had concussion issues, so he wasn't available to go. Uh, to be honest with you, and also, yeah, again, um, I would have. Uh, um, again, I, 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 he's he, he to me is, is is very much a six rather than a uh, rather than a lock. Um, yeah, I think they've just got uh, a bit unlucky with um, with with Patrick's injury. Uh, not sure it's, it's, it's kept him out for two weeks now. I'm sure they would have wanted him to have played this week, but um, yeah, clearly it's a, it's starting to become a bit of a concern. Uh, I think, uh, and I expect Vai to start next weekend because uh, you can't keep um, you can't keep Retallick and Scott Barrett, both of them starting every week. Uh, that in the locks, I don't think. Um, hey, just so um, where... on that, I mean, like, so you we've basically talked about you've got a f- five locks there. Outside of those five locks, who have we got that they're looking at? Now I know I know you're a big fan of Parry Parry Parkinson, but n- not so much of who we're fans of, but more of the fact of who do you think they're looking at outside of the five locks that we've got at the moment? Um, who has been who's been in there? Um, oh, um, uh, Quinton Strange, I think, down at um, uh, has 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 been in there. Uh, yeah, I've been, been in the squad once. I, I was going to say, for me, Putty Putty Parkinson 
stands out as as probably a real clear contender. I don't know if they'd go back to somebody who's probably a bit long in the tooth, like a Luke Romano, former he's a former All Black himself. He'll bring he'll bring you a certain style of game. So I think you can pretty much put a line line through his name. Um, I know Josh Dixon. Josh Dixon was a, a guy from the Highlanders that uh, seemed to seemed to come out on the radar. But for me, Paddy Paddy Parkinson is uh, is the obvious is he, choice. Has he been involved with the All Blacks quite at all though? I, I, I can't remember. I mean, like I know um, Paul mentioned. Um, oh God, my mind's gone blank on the name you just mentioned before. Quentin Strange. Uh, Quentin Strange. I know that he got dragged into a uh, All Blacks camp. Uh, um, I think in leading up mm. into a test, but I, I can't remember Parry Parry Parkinson actually. Um, being involved in a in a sort of build up squad or or even a camp. I, I, no, I don't disagree with you, Parry. Uh, that uh, Parry Parry Parkinson is quite an exciting prospect in the black jersey, but that's why I asked the question in the way that I did. And that you know, who are the All Black selectors looking at? Because I can't remember him actually being in one of those in the in the All Black environment. Let's call it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say if you wanted to look at somebody who ticks a lot of boxes. And is a good line out forward, good on other people's ball. Ball is, is Scott Scott Scrafton. He, I think he's a, I think he's a very very good, underrated. Good, 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 he's a very underrated type footballer. Mm. But for me, Paddy mm. Paddy Parkinson has got some really good strings to his bow. He's a really really good carrier of the ball. He's incredibly strong as well. He holds players up. Mm. So you know those those are a couple of things you actually need against much bigger teams. Now I. I Happy to be disproved, but I, I, I say Scott Scrafton's a, a Super Rugby player, not an international player. I, I wouldn't decide. I don't. Yeah, to me, um, the Mitch Dunshay is another one. That I think that they they might have looked at again, but I think it looks like he's in, he's out injured um, as well. So um, yeah, but, so but the, the, those are the kind of names that I would think that they've uh, that they, they've had a look at from from memory, um, and. Uh, Good evening, uh, good afternoon to a uh, to a Shaggy John. How you doing, sir? <laughs> what, John? A Shaggy? Yeah, just a little bit. Could do with a bit of a yeah. Perhaps do a little a little. A little tr- Actually, you're looking a bit like um, oh, who's the assistant coach for the um, uh, for the Brumbies? Who wears a hat like mine, a bit like mine, a lot. Oh no, no, no! You need to find somebody really good looking who's going to compare him to me. Well, given, the, um, given, I was about to say, given John's situated down at Middle Earth, um, more like Gandalf, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, who am I thinking of? I've just gone blank. I don't know who are you thinking of. I will. Um, I will look that up. Um, but uh, have you seen uh, Sevi Reese's comments that he's been working on his defence? That uh, that he sees that as a point, an area he can improve. And uh, uh, and, um, and and having seen his uh, shoulder-led tackles in the past, um, I think that's, I think it's uh, a, a good move that he's been that he's been looking at that uh, area of his game. Oh, I hadn't really thought about his. Um tackling efforts actually um yeah I mean, we've talked about the fact that he is a bit of, we've talked about the possible the fact that he liability as a defensive uh player but um every time we seem to say that and then the next game he plays he seems to do pretty well defensively so um yeah i, I don't know 
The um, so Laurie Fisher is the person I'm thinking of. Oh, needs a bucket hat. Needs to borrow your bucket hat then. Absolutely. That's uh, the um, yeah. So that, that that that's who I was uh, uh, um, thinking of. But certainly uh, it's um, those are perhaps not. I'm, I'm trying to find one that's one that's a bit more fetching rather than uh, than uh, the, the, the job won't get too upset about me doing it for. Um, <laughs> When have we been worried about upsetting John? Well, hey. <laughs> that's never yeah. been the case, surely. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, it's um, you've, you've you've got to say it's uncanny uh, when you if you look at uh, anything. I think that's, that that looks like uh, John's. Uh, the, the, the John task for Laurie Fisher at the moment. Uh, oh, I think he's doing a bit of service, to be honest. I think John, John's <laughs> John, John, then Laurie Fisher. What are you <laughs> trying to get a Christmas card out of him, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> That's white hair. This is what we call ash blonde. <laughs> but this ash is ash blonde. blonde. That's ash blonde here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, Ash me. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's um, yeah. So the yeah, yeah, interesting thing he's been working on his defensive game. Um, I do worry when he, whenever he says the word big hits, um, because I say I've seen him lead with his shoulder a bit too much in the past. Um, but let's hope that um, that, uh, that 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 he keeps that under control. Um, the uh, on, on that side of things. But, um, yeah, he said, look, uh, he, he's been working on his defence. It's going to be really interesting to see how he goes uh, this, uh, this uh, tomorrow um, with, uh, that since he's been focusing on that side of things. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, the, uh, the world, uh, world 12s, um, and uh, there's, uh, Gareth Davis has given, has given a, uh, a bit of an interview in the BBC about this one where he says they've already had approaches from, uh, individuals and corporates interested in having franchises and, uh, some, uh, some sponsors as well. Uh, admittedly, he says with fairly scant details. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah really? Um. And then he goes and says, uh, look, I'm not getting involved in any sort of rebel or ambush of the game. Really? I mean, there's been a massive PR push over the past week. Uh, if you're not getting involved in some sort of ambush or, or, or rebel thing, then you go through the right channels, don't you, Alfred? 
Oh, look, I mean, there's a few things to unpackage there because that's that's the terminology we use these days, unpackaging <laughs> things. So there's a few things to unpackage. The first one is the fact is the sponsorship. Look, it, it, I think globally there's um, a lot of large companies are looking to sponsor things. And so there's money available out there um, for your sport if you uh, want it, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it just like that automatically. You still have to sell the, the case of the benefits to those um, companies that want to provide sponsorship. So, yeah, the, the fact that, you know, he's saying, oh, there's, there's companies lining up to be sponsors. I'm not surprised about that, um, but they still have to put the case forward and build it. I'm not surprised that there's um, owners that want to put a team together. For some reason, people with lots of money like having sports teams to throw money at um, for no return on investment. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, I mean, there's no surprises there either. Um, but uh, look, yeah, as you say, I mean, realistically speaking, if you were if you were looking to do this competition um, upfront, transparent, open and transparent, as the New Zealand terminology goes. Um, obviously, they're being as open and transparent as our government is. So um, basically, there's no way that they have been. They have they've hidden it from World Rugby and then gone out and announced it. It's also by the Archway means they've been totally transparent and uh, and, and open. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave his political views to one side. Um, the um, yeah, look to me. And he says they have been involved with they had talked to World Rugby, but because they had to have confidentiality agreements in place, they only talked to one person. And the, the non-disclosure agreements that no one else could know about it. You know, and then he goes on to say, "But we've had good that we've had good response or had uh, interesting responses from unions." You're like, "Hang on a second, you either can talk to lots of people or you can't." But you've, but apparently you've done both. But uh, kind of, yeah, uh, it, it all just seems a bit dubious to me. Um, well, the other think, thing is that the other thing that's surprising is the number of people that are involved in that 12s bid that have had. Um, you know, have been involved with world rugby at the highest level or, you know, a coach likes of Steve Hansen or whatever. I think you said Jake White the other day as well that have been, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's just, it's quite weird. I mean, like that, um, the amount of people that have been involved at the highest level of rugby that are behind this and that successfully as well, you could say. And look, this isn't something that's been dreamt up by Gareth Davis or Steve Chu. Let's be honest. Somebody's jumped this up and then gone, okay, what are the kind of what are the kind of names we need or people that we need involved so that it's so it's got credibility? And then they've gone and got them. There's been nothing so far as to say who these mysterious people behind the scenes are. Um so it would be interesting to know who is actually really, really actually uh, trying to organize this. But it's been a very well managed PR launch, um, at the very least, uh, because We've had, um, as you say, Steve Hansen's involved. He's done two or three interviews, uh, pretty high-level interviews. Gareth Davis has done some high-level interviews, and there's been so yeah. So it's uh, they've, they've they know what they're doing. They've, you've um, hit the nail on the head, sort of thing. And the fact is that they've, they've, they're actually being quite well organised behind the scenes. They've got some yeah. really big names in the game as part of the early sort of like here's your game. Um, it's not like we're going who who. You know, this will never take off um, because we, you don't even know the people that are um, talking to it. Uh, so, you know, there's obviously been quite a lot of um, work going on behind the scenes before they've even come out and said, here we are. Oh, and not only that, but they've also gone, OK, Steve, you talk on Tuesday and Wednesday. Gareth, um, that will have died down by by Friday. So you do your interview on Friday. Um, and so 
they've yeah, it's it's been very well managed as to who talks when to keep it in the news cycle as well, which is the other the other big thing as well about it, which um, which you see various other uh, launches totally fail at. Not um, I'm not I'm, I'm, uh, not talking about you, Super Rugby, honest and sums up. No, no, of course not. <laughs> uh, John, your thoughts on this uh, on the Super Twelve? I don't I think, we've, I think you've, you've, you've talked about it before. I think it's really interesting. It seems to be that um, there's a there's a plan not just in super, the, about the Super Twelve, but about driving World Rugby into one season because they're pitching it right in the break of the Northern Hemisphere season, but right when the rugby championship is due to be held. And one of the things that hasn't been factored into South Africa being given the show from Super Rugby is them having to re having to join the Northern Hemisphere League in order to survive means that South African rugby has changed, is or is in the process of changing rugby season. So where once upon a time there was some kind of argument when it came to a super, uh, an international season, that the most logical way to do it would be to do it in the Northern Hemisphere summer because of conditions would be best for the Northern Hemisphere teams where most of the world rugby players are. And so it would be the best conditions for the best rugby. Now the, you are left with these two lone um, nations in the bottom of the Southern Pacific that are playing rugby out of sync with the rest of the world. And so I can't see how it will continue over time much longer before New Zealand and Australia will start having to look very seriously at lining up their season. Because their players um, will want some money. Their players will definitely want a buy of some of that money. And the only way they're going to get it is, is if they are released and are able to play both the rugby championship and that Super 12. If it comes off, and that means shifting their season somehow to bring it into line with that gap. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the uh, Major League Rugby is within the same window as um, as Super Rugby. So the USA, and I know they're not big big hitters, but they they, they potentially are future big hitters. Um, are, are are running on the same calendar as the as, as New Zealand, and Australia. Um, well, you see, that and, again, makes so much sense because from a conditions perspective. There's parts of the United States which are like frozen tundra during mm. uh, winter. So it makes absolute sense to play it in, in summer. They also don't compete with American football and the NFL. So again, it makes a huge amount of sense. The same thing, uh, if you played it in the European summer, you, your major competitor, at least in the British, uh, you know, the British Isles, would be cricket rather than, than football. And you would have better conditions. But, you know, we know that rugby for many years, well, has rugby ever been run on on logic and smart thinking? I'm not 100%. But you're missing sure one big that. point. You're missing one big point is the fact is that you can't play rugby in the summer down here. Um, you might get away with it in certain parts of New Zealand. But you, we talk about player welfare. You'll kill the players playing in the summer in Australia. It it's simply can't happen. You imagine a, a, a game of rugby in Queensland in summer is just uh, illogical. Uh, you go to Melbourne, even Melbourne hits day, like not just a day like London might, but they'll hit weeks on weeks of 40 degree temperatures. How the hell is a player supposed to run out in 40 degree heat, even at night? 
So they'll get scores of thousands of people going down to their beaches overnight in Melbourne even because the temperatures are 40 degrees at night. How do you do that? Do you play in an air-conditioned stadium? Gentlemen, I lived in Durban for 45 years and Durban's highest temperatures are recorded in February, comfortably. And Super 12, the Super Rugby season was starting on February the 9th. They were playing games. Right, February 9th, February 12th. Yep, that's the first when yep. that's why it was always a disadvantage for the Sharks to start the season playing a number of games at home, contrary to any other team who could get a good run on in the first few games by starting at home. The Sharks would be at a disadvantage because Durban is is the equivalent of Brisbane in terms of climate. Well, it and depends so the who they ended up playing, mate. That's that's a little crock. Of, that's a crock of the proverbial. That's it depends who they end up playing. If they end up playing the Highlanders, if they end up playing the Highlanders in their first game at home, they've just been acclimatized for two months in their own situation. Highlanders fly over, and remember, they come over a week before. They don't come over two weeks before like a test team might. Well, back in the day, they used to. They come over a week before, and they're going to be playing in forty degree heat. It's built for them to win. They, yeah, okay, but they, they, those those games never are very rarely early Sorry, early, yeah. early early season Durban games very rarely picks up try bonus points because the players are too knackered. But yeah, the look, yeah, I think what that does show is though is that um, administrators will still make players play in stupid conditions, whatever it's money to make, yeah, to, but, make the life, so, to make money. But what happen. we're talking, but what we're talking about is no. that if you've got like if you've got one or two games happening in in heat, and we and, and, and you know we have seen it. I'm not saying we haven't seen it. And we've had special circumstances where they go and have extra breaks and blah, blah, blah. But it's one or two games. Now you're saying that possibly you're going to be playing a, a season in those sorts of conditions. And those players aren't going to be able to do that week in, week, week out. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not going to happen. You do it for a couple of weeks, but you're not going to do it for two months. Well, we'll have to. I mean, this, this, this one is one we have to wait and see as to what happens. But. And John is right in the fact that, that more of the uh, more of the people, who, more of the decision makers, by moving South Africa, South Africa into the European into a European season, are now in working under that that regime. So when it comes to a vote, uh, that it's two more or two or whatever, however the voting works, votes it's, it's, it's extra votes that way, suggesting that the global season should just match the European season. So uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how that how that all pans out, but it, it's, uh, it's not looking good for play well. Oh, no, look, I mean, in terms of the way the globe, you know, global rugby, let's call it, in terms of the numbers stack up, I'm not arguing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, saying yeah. That physically, you just can't do it. Physically, Australia can't play in summer for two, you know, three months effectively, let's face it. We've got to remember, we've got to chuck in global warming so the temperatures aren't going <laughs> backwards. The um, But, yeah, no, we'll... we'll... <laughs> I say it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Whether the because uh, yeah, if the rugby championship gets moved to the Six Nations window, um, for example, so what's that February March time, uh, or so sorry, sorry March April time, um, to to open up this window in August for this competition, then that would that would with a, what would that do to the things like the MPC uh, and Super Rugby etc. Uh, yeah, it would be a big spanner in the works as to how the hell you would fit it all in. To me. The obvious way to do a global season is pretty much what the Southern Hemisphere has got, which is say the first six months of the year are club rugby um, or, or, or franchise, whatever you want to call it. And the second half of the year 
is international rugby, which is effectively what we've got in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, and then you just go, so yeah, half a year, there you go, folks. Non-internationals can play in the second half of the year in whatever competition you want to play in, but you won't have your internationals available. And to me, that's the sensible way of structuring a season. But um, I can't see the North ever uh, uh, agreeing to that personally. Um, yeah, NPC doesn't. I mean, NPC is not a big thing, tell you the truth. NPC can carry on as it is. I, I don't think it's a massive thing because you don't have the All Blacks playing and even fringe All Blacks don't play in the NPC or bugger all. So uh, I don't think that needs to be, an, you know, it, it can be sort of taken out of the mix to, if you're looking at trying to make things happen. But, um, yeah, the rest of it's still uh, interesting how you fit it in. Well, if you move, so what I'm saying is if you move, say, the um, the rugby championship to the Six Nations window, mm. then you might be playing Super Rugby from, say, um, April through to August um, right. or something like that. And in which case, where do you fit the MPC when suddenly no, but that's what I'm saying is that actually it, it, it still works because you can slightly shuffle the NPC, it's not an issue. Um, and the reality is, is if you look at the start dates for NPC at the moment, it is actually in August anyway. So if, if Super Rugby, you wouldn't have the break, like at the moment, you have a bit of a break between Super Rugby and NPC, you'd basically have yep. Super Rugby finishing and a week or two later, NPC kicks off. It might actually work well for actual club rugby in the true sense of the New Zealand word anyway, club rugby. And the fact is that they don't have to try and rush and finish their season in the middle of a, of winter. Um, it can actually roll on a bit longer because NPC is going to start later as well. Yeah, I, well, who knows what, what the implications are for all of this, but um, we'll, 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 we'll wait and see. Um, we're kind of overrunning, but a little bit. But I just want to have a quick uh, nod to um, sevens. Um, and I've never understood how you can put together a domestic sevens series that is somehow financially viable. For um, uh, for for 15s, I get it. You have your own stadium. You have regular games there. You can make money from your stadium, etc. Um, and I can see how you how you can build a fan base and that you can somehow come up with a financial model that works for sevens where all the teams play in one place for a weekend and then move to another place. I just don't see how you build a fan base per team when you don't, when you have no location that they have, a, that they call home. Um, depends. It, it depends on um, what the teams are based on. Um, I think it can't, it, you know, um, if, if, we, if we did it in the New Zealand sense in the provincial sides and that, you still got um, you still get people that'll follow that and come along and it's a bit of a festival or whatever and it's only once or one week, one weekend in a year, so you'll go along to it. Might work. I mean, at the end of the day, we know the reality is they don't really care about the crowd in the stadium, though, do they? It's, it's about what, what dollars they can get by getting a TV um, um, deal out of it and then sponsorship on the back of that. Yeah, but again, people watch the TV because it's their team, even if it's away, kind of thing. Um, we'll, 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 we'll see. So, um, but the Premier Rugby Sevens is being launched in the USA um, this Sunday. They've got open trials for experienced athletes for their first championship event on the um, 9th of October. Um, so um, we'll uh, we'll see how 
that one um, pans out um and uh with them and i say that's their first the, the, the idea then is that they will have a, a sort of six or seven stop uh series in the usa but they're just doing with one stop this year as, as to kick themselves off so um and they've also got a couple of uh, what they call talent transfer programs so basically athletes have got no rugby experience at all they've got a couple of um tryouts for those as well uh in charlotte and memphis memphis looks like it's going to be the base of things um initially uh but so yeah so I, i'm going to keep an eye on that one as i say i've never i don't get i i, I financially doesn't need to make sense in the same way that 15s does um but we'll see how uh we'll, we'll see how that one that one pans out i've actually i have to i've actually always thought it's just like be interesting to see if they could actually get a seven circuit internally within new zealand oh it's like you know because you have the queenstown sevens and it's something it's a once-off, and you know you, you got. To, and we know sevens can be a bounce of the ball or a, a call here or a call there. It, it really does a, a call in sevens. I think is makes more of an impact than even in fifteens. And um, so it's just like it's a one-off, and it's just like I, I always thought this is like you know you can still have your um, like like we do with the global event with the Hong Kong sevens still being sort of held up as sort of almost like a pinnacle type thing. You could still have the national sevens tournament, um, which I think is held in Rotorua currently, um, and then have um, some weekly tournaments around the country that everybody bit of a circus that travels around New Zealand, especially if we're not going to open our borders to the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, the th that would be interesting. That would be interesting to see whether it's like I. In Queens, it, it it seems to fit Queenstown perfectly, right? It's a it's a party weekend. It's a party location. Why not? It was it was strange um, when they moved it from there. To be honest, the I think Rotorua is trying to improve itself as that. I mean, with the mountain biking and the other kind it of outdoor activities, uh, I, I think they're trying to grow that kind of um, the outdoor or the adventure sports side of Rotorua uh, and people heading there. And, and uh, so, uh, but the idea is, why, cool. but, but the idea is that I mean, I understand. You know, you, you, let's let's say you've got your mountain biking, and you, you go to the you go to see some um, mud pools spit and stuff like that. But if you're doing that, you're not there at the ground watching the rugby, then are you? So it doesn't work. That's why. Well, it doesn't. I think they're trying to turn themselves a bit more of a party town in the way that the way that Queensland is. Oh, quite not Queensland. Okay. Sorry, Queenstown. Yeah. <laughs> the um. But I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, adverse to a um, a Super Rugby preseason sevens where uh, obviously before the internationals come back uh, a bit like the tens uh, was over um, in Brisbane. over in Brisbane, Brisbane. Um, mm -hmm. the um, but uh, I think sevens makes more sense than tens um, for, for for the weekend. Current tens champions the Blues just saying <laughs> raining. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that segue, Paul. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um Aaron says could 12s take over from sevens no i don't think so um the 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 12s they're looking at holding it over three weekends to have a seat to have a kind of tournament rather than a weekend and i think that's uh, i think it's a bit longer than uh, than sevens um i could see sevens morphing into tens i think tens is, is actually a better idea than 12s or um but so or seven or seven but as i say there's already a a, a global tens tournament trying of tens series trying to kick off as well. Um, I wonder how all these different tournaments are all going to get the top players in the world 
all playing for them all at the same time. It's marketing. Um, it's called marketing, Paul. Everybody's got the top talent. <laughs> Our players are better than those ones. We've got the best playing for us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, boys, um, any other final things before uh, we, we, we log off? Yep, I, think we're, I think we're pretty much there. So, yeah, so tomorrow, folks, uh, obviously, the Rugby Championship is on. Um, I'm probably, unless there's some um, hard-hitting news that comes out uh, tomorrow morning, we'll skip the... Breaking news. Breaking news. We'll skip the the lockdown beers tomorrow because we'll do a post-match reaction to the uh, All Blacks versus the Pumas. Uh, so the 7 o'clock kickoff and then the uh, 10 o'clock kickoff for the uh, Wallabies versus the Springboks. So post-match reaction to both of those games straight after the final whistle. Um, don't forget also, folks, that tonight is the USA versus Canada in the second of the Rugby World Cup qualifiers. Now, the USA needing a big comeback in that one. Um, so um, we'll probably talk about that on Monday. Uh, I was going to say, if you've got to spare 20 bucks, make sure you jump on and watch that. The, um, <laughs> if you can find it, jeez. Find it, luck. fork out 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> for one game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pay-per-view, 20 bucks for a game. Jeez. Um, there we go. So thank you, John. Thank you, Ashwin. Thank you, Stephen, who we lost, who's already having his dinner. And um, catch you all tomorrow. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bun of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.